This episode was recorded shortly after the Breonna Taylor story made national news. The charges against Kenneth Walker have rightfully been dismissed since this recording. they're able to get something like that then they're gonna be like all right well why does this guy have a gun even if they're at the wrong address that's i'm just saying what that's what they do and shit like this the the difference is they don't one of the biggest differences that i think is is also getting overlooked is they don't send police in heavy like this for white folk you know what i mean mm. like mm. what they do for what's his face roger stone they were there but they were watching. Mm-hmm. They weren't just like... They let him get dressed or something like that? Was that the one? His was a little more hectic because mm-hmm. they were already in there. So when uh-huh. he got there, they were like, you got to come with us sort okay. of thing. Okay. Or you're coming with us or coming out. I don't even think their standoff was that long. So Yeah, I think they did let him get dressed. I think it was some like they let but, him get dressed and come out. But that's out. what I mean. <clears throat> Give this guy the opportunity. If if you're, But they're at the wrong address. How long were they at the wrong address? You know what I mean? Like they like, were at the on. wrong address long enough to put eight bullets to to kill uh, his girl. That makes them look even worse. If it if you're if you have all this prep, right, to serve on these people, no, th- there's no one's job is to check where to address it. Yeah, my my thing is look worse to who though, because her boyfriend is still in prison. What are we debating? He, we're not debating. Not we're you. Not debating. I'm talking about society. He still has charges on him. They haven't dropped charges. Um, there has been, as at least to my knowledge, no one has even. I mean, they've just gotten to the point where let's do an investigation because something was wrong. Because here. of social, probably social yeah, pressure. Social pressure. No, of course. There's there's a lot of this. I'm a hundred percent in line with what you guys have told me, and I agree with. But there's also parts of it that are are systemic they they didn't like well they're at the wrong address for for instance right mm-hmm. and you you still sending people in it like so so you you have to figure do they just show up to this place they're told to go by gps and then run in there like no this is this is this there's, a breakdown early. Like they, of, yeah. they I, this is rushed. This is like a right. this is like a botched operation. It's so you're saying, well, you're saying they need to validate or verify that when they get to the address, this is the right address. Well, are when you, you saying, do an investigation, or, you verify all of these. No, things. I'm saying at the time that they show up to the address or prior. I mean, obviously, they need to validate that it's the right address prior to going to the address. Are you saying that now when they get to the address, they also need to verify that that's the right address? Or, or what are you saying? I'm saying I'm saying there has to be accountability for their missteps. They'll look at what are their missteps oh, going to so be in retrospect, too. It was a no-knock warrant. No-knock yeah. no yeah. search. So, so... To get that level, you like, Shad, they'll find me if they need to send me a, a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not just, they're not just gonna be like, all right, you know, we get. But that's the other part. They didn't even get to do or whoever they're looking for a chance to appear. Like, how much do we know about the back of it? To be a no knock, you have to be considered dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're coming after something. So if you come after something now, and now you have weapons and you firing there. Either into the home or expecting to receive fire back like that. What's why would a no knock be in in place? Mm. And then and then if you serve a no knock warrant on the wrong place, you're not expecting to get fired. You mm. don't have like barricade or the robot go in or something like that. Mm. Like there's a lot of aspects that don't that just don't make sense. 
the one thing that I'm stuck on is it's the wrong address. Mm-hmm. So even if the officers who showed up and busted in the place because that's the information that they got from the intelligence that was given to them, mm-hmm. somebody or some people need to be held accountable for the wrong address. Right. right. Somebody needs to be accountable because they didn't know they already had the suspect in custody. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, these mistakes, there's enough time between the execution of the warrant, right. meaning the police going in, and the time when they start the investigation to verify this is the right address. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. And that's what I think those those are the actions that need to be held accountable. The breakdown. Right. There was obviously a breakdown because uh, you, you had the wrong address. We want to know where that breakdown occurred. But then the other question. Right. Uh, Brianna Teller's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Right. He's being charged. Say his name. Kenneth Walker. Hmm. Yeah. And and Kenneth Walker, we 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 we, we support in your limit. I'm not going to speak. For you. I'm supporting you. I, I think that. You did. You can speak for me. Okay, I think you did what you felt you had to do when you felt somebody was breaking I mean, into the where home. Where is the NRA in this saying this guy was illegally? Oh yeah, a legal gun owner who had the right of expectation to defend himself in his own house. Where are these people who you know? He's the wrong color. NRA don't do that for black folks. NRA yeah, so that's the same for um, Philando Castillo. Yeah, Philando Castillo was killed, and he had a legal firearm, and he told the officer. And he told him he had it. And he was still, and NRA ain't say nothing. They don't say nothing when when, when black folks uh, who carry legal firearms, and that's why, you know, we shouldn't even, I ain't down with joining no NRA. They racist at its foundation. As Did well. you see, though, I forget where it was, but it was, it was where they were having those protests, right? They were they wanted to open the state. Michigan was it Michigan? Yeah, and then they had the the, the was state, it the governor? The state senate. There was a state senator. She was a state senator. senator. Yes, she yes, came yes. the next day, and she had she had armed guards. Three brothers. Yeah, the that had arms. They were her security. They walked her in there, like yo. Yesterday, we seen all these white folks protesting up in here with their guns. With their guns inside, inside the state, state capitol. Yeah, capitol. Next day, she walked in. They were like, oh, we got you, sis. And, you know. It was a powerful statement. And only cares if your gun works. What's that? And only seems to care if your gun works. Mm. I know what you mean. If you use it, right? That's all they care. Yeah. And, 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 and to tie this into another unfortunate situation, Ahmaud Arbery, I was reading something where the Huey P. Newton Gun Club, which is another African-American gun club, mm stood protecting his home and his family mm. uh in these I think it was a, a week ago or so and they had a standoff with the police. This but uh you know perhaps we can have a discussion one of these uh, you know I think that the discussion So wait, do y'all feel like you need to have a gun at least to have like a standoff? I think like that that opportunity to say yo chill. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You got cops running into your residence. Um I think self-defense is something that black communities really have to organize self-defense, whether it be gun clubs. I don't think it has mattered for us very much. It do, it don't I don't think to. we've ever, I don't it's think not going to matter individually. Yeah. yeah. That's why it has to but be I organized. Think, organ- exactly. As a community, I think it makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, personally. Personally, I got a gun. I got a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no comment. <laughs> what? Just going no whack, comment. no comment. Weak. Yeah, I know it's Lame. weak. No comment. Now I, I, but I, I do believe the black community needs to really uh, reevaluate the importance of armed self defense, and I believe black communities need to have that discussion within themselves so they don't continue continuously find themselves victims of police brutality. I think, um. If police departments know that there is an organized self-defense effort, that don't mean, again, you're not provoking an organized self-defense effort that exists in those particular communities. I think it does impact how you interact with certain forces. Right, because you now have to be aware that there's a potential that I'm going to be met with a little bit of force or resistance. So I have to plan a little bit differently. But that's what I think one of the whole things behind a no-knock warrant is, you know, is to either catch people sleeping or... 
or if they're not. Listen, I think in this case, yeah. it's what they call fruit from the poisonous tree, right? Or something like that in the legal lingo that they use out there. You cannot get evidence or levy charges against someone that come from a situation that's tainted. Mm-hmm. Right. So the situation was tainted from the beginning, meaning they had the wrong address. Mm-hmm. He was a legal gun owner. He was well within his right to protect. He didn't know they didn't announce because they had a no knock warrant. He didn't know that they were police. So how is the expectation for him to be able to surrender himself? He was defending himself from what he thought was an actual threat. Actual threat so because yeah. they're levying these charges against him of a uh, attempted murder of a police officer it's coming from that poison tree he did not know he was unaware and he right. was l- rightfully and legally trying to protect himself mm-hmm. and his wife and so that's why i feel those charges need to be dropped and 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 understand this he was arrested i'm reading this article it says he was arrested 20 minutes around 1 a.m on march 13th 20 minutes after taylor was shot eight times by officers who entered the home imagine that your, your girlfriend shot eight times and in you, the house in dead. the house that y'all, you're still there 20 yeah. minutes later before and now you arrested mm. man so yeah i think that i'm an advocate of self-defense at this point uh, organized i think it has to be organized i think anything that's not organized in the black community has the potential to be misinterpreted and taken advantage of and even to the point where it might end up hurting rather than helping. What were you? What were you? No commenting that whether or not you had a, a firearm yourself. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. My no comment was okay. on uh, whether or not I own, but I do believe it's a valuable conversation, and I do believe have if we have more organized gun clubs, right? I think it does um, impact how police. Or anybody who wants to violate that particular community. Yeah, because interact. they no longer know whether or not there is that potential. So yeah. they have to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, you know, again, but these types of cases have to swiftly, I believe, be dropped. Yeah. Because it's in the interest of justice for these things to be dropped. You cannot prolong these things. There's no investigation here. Hmm. You, we know what happened. Yeah. Well, you mean there shouldn't be an investigation, right? Correct. There's right. no reason or right. need for an investigation to take place. But at the time of this recording, Kenneth Walker is still being held. He's not home. And he's going to be charged. Yeah. And or he, he, yeah, he's he, already charged. He's already, yeah, he's, yeah. Had, he's been charged yeah. and he's uh, and being held. And that's crazy because what are we, what, what would you expect him to do? Yeah. What is the rightful expectation? Yeah. In these situations, especially once you once you put out the fact that the police were at the wrong address, I don't see what what do you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Fruit from the poison yeah. tree. Everything after that is is done. garbage. Is no right. good. Yeah. Is no good. That's the starting point. You went to the wrong address. Whatever. The, boom. It doesn't matter what happened after right. that. Right. So you know, this is a sad situation, but I think this is a situation that happens only to us. I don't hear and unless you know, please give me an example. I don't hear examples of this happening to other other races, other cultures. I don't hear that. I don't hear I think this if this happened in a white community where you botched and had a they would have to do so much damage control so mm. quick, so mm. fast. Mm. They're not it doesn't I mean from my perspective, it doesn't even look like they, they are worried too much about any damage control. Well, I mean, if we contrast it with the Ahmaud Aubrey stuff, <clears throat> we can obviously see that those who perpetrated this crime against him mm-hmm. weren't held or charged right in fact the da's there were several of them that i believe went through this process one recused herself from what i understand the other one said oh don't charge these guys don't charge them and then it's found out later that one of these guys has a connection with the da office right um yeah, well, he was a investigator for the DA's okay. office. I didn't know One of the, yeah. the the father, I believe, mm-hmm. was the was an investigator at some point in the past for the DA, and he was also a police officer. Yeah, so oh, he went good, from a police officer. Boy that's that's what the good talk is about. Network. Yeah, it's, wow. it's crazy. And and here's this man who shot unarmed black man shot. The video that just becomes public for us in the last couple of weeks has been in the hands of the of law enforcement for months. Yeah. And uh, it's not until that video is released publicly. Uh, I heard some other folks organizing behind it 
before the video, but it wasn't as big until, you know, when the video becomes public and then we see what happens and we're like, what, what do you mean? Nobody gets arrested for this. Mm. You, you, this, they were, what did they claim? I think they claimed they were making a citizen's arrest on this guy. Yeah. Which is again, poison fruit. Right. Because you have to have firsthand knowledge and witness the fact that they committed some sort of crime in Georgia Mm -hmm. for you to be eligible to perform a citizen's arrest. Mm -hmm. And there's always a loophole, right, to try to make the black person, the black victim responsible for their death. So now there's other videos that come out and say uh, Brother Aubrey was walking through construction sites. Uh, But I I saw an interview with the owner of the construction site. He said, I think I saw it on MSNBC. I could be wrong. But he said uh, he did not believe uh, Aubrey took anything. Uh, He never made the claim that Aubrey took anything uh, because there were some rumors that he said um, he had some fishing equipment stolen. And he said the fishing in his interview, this is the guy who owned the where the construction was being built. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if he owned the home or whatever, Mm -hmm. but he was saying he did report some fishing equipment. fishing material being stolen but not that day he had reported it i think he was in the middle of a move and when it was moved he couldn't you know mm. but he was like that that had nothing to do with aubrey either so they tried to make that connection they tried to make uh, but there was no water there yeah that yeah. story is fishy material yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> but, you're using a fishing but, pole right, because he, you're fishing for explanations <laughs> they went on a fishing expedition fishing yeah. expedition on and, and even the owner though the owner of the construction site said it was blown out of proportion that his uh, inquiry into his missing fishing material was not in well, then any way we can, connected. We can connect this back to, I don't remember the names, but the white police officer lady who thought she was going into her own apartment and shot the guy, right? What did they try yeah, to do? Right. Find that he had some weed in his house and say that because he had weed in his house, he was a bad guy and therefore deserved to be shot in his own apartment. Botham Jean was the Both brother's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find, I'm going to look up and figure out. Geiger was her Geiger. last name. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what her first name was. No. Uh, I mean, there's at some point we have to realize Amber Geiger. There, we have to realize that there's a, a thread that's going through all of these kind of stories that we see now. Yeah, granted, racism. Well, grant exactly, but granted, these you know these are the ones that make national news. But what about the ones that don't make national news exactly. because there is no evidence or there's no video or exactly. there's nothing to My make question it? Is how many do you think there are? I think enough. Like how many think I? I think enough. I think it's the vast majority. Yeah, yeah. We only see we only the ones see the where where there's video or audio or some sort of evidence that comes out. Because if there was no video in this Ahmad Arbery stuff, this one have made national hear. prominence. Still mm-hmm. couldn't hear. Yeah. That's the only thing that has made it national prominence in any of these situations. Uh, uh, well, not not Breonna Taylor, but uh, yeah, the the video. Well, Breonna Taylor came on the coattails. Of this, which is why it's making Mm -hmm. national headlines now, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, there was video for Philando Castile. And nothing happened. And nothing happened. But they wouldn't have made national news if there was no video. Right. You know? On the other side, same thing. I mean, you know, we got to be fair. Ray Rice didn't, you know, it didn't bubble up until there was video of that either. You know what I'm saying? His situation with his... uh, With his wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, you know, that's, that's a problem where... A lot of these stories, the 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 people who are believed uh, in what is um, transpiring, uh, you know, is are the people who hold the power, and only until there's exculpatory or corroborating evidence mm-hmm. is it that we really get closer to the truth. Yeah, but I think what this what the video does is validate a lot of the stories that have been said within black and brown communities for years. Over time, yeah. Yeah, that police, uh, you know, police act ways that are outside and outside of the law. They mm. treat them in ways that is not um, how they should be treated. And they police, you know, I've been heard stories of, you know, you got guns in the black community because it's police who sell them to the black community. Yeah, well, like drugs I, too, yeah, right? Drug, like th- those things don't work unless people from high ups sanction it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Nino Brown. Right. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Ain't no poppy fields being, you know, we don't own no black folks don't own no boats that bring them drugs. Over yeah. here. So there's something going on amongst those who are powerful and wealthy and 
even involved on some level with the, the, the power structure that sanctioned these things. And the video cameras, uh, they validate a lot of that stuff. But as you can see, it doesn't, it's almost at the point now where those in power don't care. They still try to pull the wool over your eyes, even though you got video. It's now, well, well, maybe he took something from the construction site yeah. or or maybe, you know, they still look for ways that that want the public to justify why these victims had to die or had to suffer in the way that they do. And they were in the wrong. Somehow. Yeah, that, that somehow their death is still uh, their fault. And yeah. uh, no, nah, that's where they trickle down on. That's the real trickle. Yeah. yeah. It's getting peed on. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And so it, unite, yeah. peoples. Yeah, it's a sad story. When you know, I, I'm almost at the point like, I don't, I don't believe the police. I don't believe. I, I have a natural inclination not to believe them, and I'm not sure if that's the safest thing. I remember when we were young. I don't think you were there. Probably not. But we were hanging out <laughs> close to your house, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was Why some, you say it like that? Yeah, I was some bad influences. I was home probably. <laughs> yeah, we did some things. I was probably reading scriptures. Uh, <laughs> mowing the lawn. Yeah, mowing the lawn. Mm. Even though that ain't always work out. <laughs> we'll leave that story for another time. Um <laughs> uh, but we were around your neighborhood, and it was a bunch of us, and we were all mixed up, right? It was me, Drew, a couple of you know white people, a couple of black people, and we were all good, good friends. Grew up together and, and had you know strong relationships. And we were walking, and some car drove by. I don't know if you remember the story, but some car drove by, and said we threw rocks at the car. Yeah. And we didn't. We were just walking. We didn't throw rocks at the car at all. Mm. And they came back. They circled back and said, you know, who threw that rock at the car? It might have been a rock that kicked up when it was driving or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, who threw a rock at the car? It was like, nobody threw a rock at the car. You can get out of here. Nobody was messing with your car. And then they called the cops. Y'all, now, were y'all college? We, or? We, no, we, we was high school. school. High school? Yeah. yeah we wow. waited. Was like, First of all, I wanted to dip because <laughs> I was like, yo, I, I don't know this dude. This dude don't know me. I'm about to dip. He in a car. He he can't. I'm I'm prime. Where were y'all at? Physical condition. Yeah, we y'all we in a car too? No, no we, we were walking on the oh. street. Oh, wow. They didn't have cars yet. Condition. Didn't even have cars yet. Yeah, yeah. And y'all stayed. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we stayed. Dumbest idea. So, so <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah. You know, some people thought they could talk it out and come to a resolution or whatever. So, he ended up calling the cops and the cops came. And somehow... You know, I think it was they separated the white guys from the black guys, mm. and one of the cops was trying to say, "Yo, oh, it was yeah. it was These the white guys said it was you guys, guys. you guys who did it." That's how they do that. Yeah. First forty eight. We, I mean, we literally laughed in his face because we knew that they <laughs> we didn't do anything. One, mm-hmm. but two, we knew that our boys wasn't gonna rat us out like mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but their first inclination was to separate us by race and then try to pit. Or one, you know, one against the other. other. Mm. That's right. No, I definitely wasn't there. I would have remembered that. Mm. Yeah, that's I'll never forget school. that story. I never. Yeah. This is the yeah, first time right. I even hear that, man. Y'all nah, it's not. You old y'all, now, man. Nah, you man. Old. Y'all didn't tell me that, man. Yeah, man. So it's long. Yeah, man. Long circulated. Wow, man. I don't even remember that. I don't More know, of the story when some random dude tries to call the cops on you. Dip. Better dip. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I, I saw this. I saw this one uh, story where the guy actually used that as his defense. Like, the police showed up, mm-hmm. armed, guns drawn, and he dipped. And then he later turned himself in. He said, why'd you run? So said, I was in fear for my life. Yeah. And was it successful? And, and I believe it was successful. Mm. Well, that's a serious reality for a lot of folks, especially black and brown folks, even more specifically black folks, yeah. that a lot of times, you, you know, I think we were talking about this in another situation, like, hey, man, just survive the encounter. Yeah. And- I'm not trying to debate with no police. Now, not now. What about did Drew whether say? Or not. Drew that's, said that's, that's, that's not your day in favorite, court. One of my favorite um, lines is that right then and there, police confrontation is you hope. I can say you hope because sometimes it is, mm-hmm. you know, judge, jury, execution in that situation, so yeah. unfortunately. But um, that is not your time to convince the right. cop of otherwise right. if yeah if they're coming at you heavy like that right you know but i'm talking about when you survive the encounter like you you deal with like i i've dealt with cops that were just very aggressive yeah make you feel very uncomfortable yeah where you really got to sit back and be like am i gonna make it through this interaction mm-hmm. am i going to survive the encounter what mm-hmm. do i have to do to survive the encounter like there's some things that i still question like i always said to myself 
like if I'm innocent of something and I haven't done, I don't know if I'm going to get on the ground if the cop says get on the ground. Mm. You have to. I, I know. I get it. No, I get <laughs> it. But I'm saying for me, yeah, I'm scared that if I get on the ground, that gives him like I'm not going to survive the encounter. I'm going to die. That's what runs in my mind. Like, am I going to die if mm. I, he can say anything. I'm on the ground. He could say, I mean, they could say anything anytime. But I mean, if I get on the ground. You know what's really bad about what you said right there mm-hmm. is that, like, yeah, stuff like that will happen. Mm-hmm. They There has been times that people are handcuffed. Yes. And the cops will buck you down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or beat you down. Mm-hmm. Or, yes. Well, and, Oscar Grant. In California, they made a movie about him. Michael right. B. Jordan, oh, yes. Yes. Fruitvale, yes. Fruitvale Station. Station. Yeah. The guy had him handcuffed, yeah. and the cop says he thought he pulled out the taser, but he shoots him in the back. Yeah. And I'm saying it, it, that might have been the situation where I said, "I don't know if I'll get on the ground." And I don't know, but the reason why I'm saying it so passionately is because even even submitting does not mean you'll save your life. Even running away. People get shot in the no, back. No, no. Well, running away, you take. I feel like if you run away and a cop say you're taking a risk, the cop. It, I mean, but you running might away just, means that you're not posing a th- immediate threat. Right. right. You're hoping that the cop would do something. But because I'm, there was a situation where the guy got stopped by and he was in his car. He opened up his car door and he dipped through the park and they shot him in the back and yes. they killed him. You remember that? Yep. Yep. It was a couple uh, of years ago that story happened. I think the cop was in uh, South Carolina. It was caught on camera. I think he got fired too because. The reason why he caught got fired because he lied. He didn't know that he got caught. He on got camera. caught on camera. This is my point. Yeah, we we don't know the story, and His a lot re- of these times, the stories, yes. the truth comes out only because it's caught on camera. Right. He reported so, something totally different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I'm saying all that. Like, let's say if I run, like in my mind, if I run, in my head, I'm like anything can happen. He yeah. might. Pull you got a zigzag as well. Yeah. Yo, yeah. S formation. <laughs> I'm, yo, you're laughing, but I'm dead serious. You're hoping they zigzag. I, I, you I have thought about to zigzag. that. But my thing is. And change up the count, too. Don't right. just do zigzag one, two, one, two. <laughs> you, got, you might you gotta, be on one, one, one two, three. Dumps, dumps. No, yeah. you got to be like a white girl in the club. You off beat, right? You uh, run and zig on two, and then the next time you, you zig know, on three and you four. You don't know where you're going next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Shout out to all my white girls uh, off the beat. Um, so, <laughs> two and four. Two and four, Sarah. Um <laughs> My bad. Let me bring it back. But I'm saying, once I'm running, in my mind, I'm like, okay, anything can happen, right? But what if I submit and I get on the ground and I put my hands behind my back? Like, it's not, there's enough stories out there to say you can lose your life like this too. So you're saying, that regardless of what you do, there's a chance that something is going to go down. I would rather say, I'm not going to get on the ground. Like, just put me in your car. You don't have the power to say. I know. That's at what I'm the time. Even if I say, yeah, you can't. that's what I'm saying. If I say, you know, here's my hands behind my back. Put me in your car. I can't get on the ground. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Keep your I, hands where I can see them. Right. But if I tell them, look, y'all can handcuff me. I just want to sit in your car. Get on the ground. No, I hear you. No, I, I, I agree that I'm saying I don't know what I would do. Why are you resisting? Yes, exactly. And I don't know what I would do. <laughs> That's it. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Now, here's here's another. Get on the ground. Put your hands behind your back. All right. What did I do? What did I do? You're being, uh, what is it? you're resistant. No, no, I'm not. There's plenty of stories where cops are saying you're resistant. I'm not. Like, for instance, I don't got full range of motion in this shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. I literally can't put my mm-hmm. hand too far behind mm-hmm. my back. Mm-hmm. If somebody tried to yank and put my, you might feel resistance because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that's uncomfortable. Tight, I can't, it's right. tight. I can't right. do it. You're resistant. No, I'm not. I can't. Bam! I shot. I thought it was a taser. Yeah, I'm just as dead. Yeah, I'm just saying these are some of the things that these but are. This the is reality. the problem. Yes. This is the problem. We do not have a clear cut understanding of what we can do to survive a situation so that we can have our day in court. Yeah. Right. So, so depending the, on the officer, because I've been in a couple of, course, of those, of course, situations, and I, I get them. But here's what I say. My hands behind my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> depending on the officer, or, yeah. Well, I get well, it, the problem is, is that. When dealing with the institution of the police? Well, I mean, I think the problem is we don't know which officer we're going to get at the time. Never. And we don't know what mood they're going to be in at the time. And or so, on their meds. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a variable situation. So even if the majority of police officers don't exhibit this behavior, we don't know that. And we don't know who the ones are. This is why they need to 
like if there are people who have complaints against them or have these kind of situations happen to them time and time again where they're in these uh, unnecessary force kind of situations, mm-hmm. they need to be dealt with swiftly because then that you- instills a sort of trust in the police so that when they issue you a command, you can say, yeah, I know the police are self-policing themselves. And so I can follow and obey this command at the time, whether or not you think you're right, wrong or right, right. you can obey this command at time and know that you're going to have your day in court. And the other part of this, which is I, I think is equally important when, for instance, the same story where they divided us up because they heard a rock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember from that night that some, for instance, Matt was able to say things that I didn't think I would be able to survive that night if I was to say. Because mm-hmm. he was, a, he was, he was cracking jokes at one point because uh. he told the guy what the problem was when the guy told the problem he had with us. Mm-hmm. So the then guy he in calls the car the you're cops. talking about. That's why we waited. Yeah. It's like, we didn't do anything. Yeah. So we, we'll, we're going to. We're, we'll wait here. Yeah, because you know, we're going to explain. We're going to explain. We, <laughs> we explored I other options of that night, mm-hmm. which was which could have been a very possible situation, mm-hmm. and it might have changed the outlook of that night as well. Uh, for the positive, some believe negative, but any of that, the the officer then um, was being talked to in a more disrespectful manner because we expressed all of this to the cop, and he was still. And there was a level of frustration that, that we, we had. had to get out of it, right. or we, or he's going to have our parents come for us. Right. And it became a little ridiculous at that point. So he was upset, and um, I think it was, was Matt started cracking jokes on him. Hmm. And he then the cop was like, "All right, we got to get." He like let the guy go um, with the rock, and he's like, even the guy was still talking about what about the damages to my yeah, car? These yeah. kids are responsible. Yeah, it was like. There was no proof. We didn't. We did literally. Not even that there was no proof. We did not do anything. We were literally walking in a neighborhood that we've walked thousand times before that, and we we were old enough to know that we don't do that kind of stuff. You know, we weren't getting into that juvenile kind of trouble. Mm -hmm. And then another another aspect is that all right, if this was (laughs) if this was going to be the problem that I didn't know at the time is that now this officer would have to write a report about what all of us did and he mm. didn't even want to do the paperwork for it mm-hmm. to get like all our stories and and that's what i think ha- end up happening in in other situations if they write a report the officers has a number attached to that report mm. and you have to find out that way. It's a paper but trail. if you but if you confront at that time like what's your badge number what's your they sometimes consider that hostile and they'll detain you for that yeah. you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like you have you have no recourse even if you do know you know all the steps of what you're supposed to do it could still end up the worst way for you well because the you know there's the blue line that they have that even if the cop is in the wrong that they seem to want to protect his actions and behaviors at the time so as to protect him and the institution Mm. yeah man i'm still tripping over did this happen where we grew up in the town where we grew up Oh, around the town where we yeah, grew up? Yeah, it happened okay. in the town we grew up. I just feel like if, you know, I'm looking at you guys like, you guys are lucky. Like, can you imagine that happened in a, in an inner city? Oh, not in, not an inner city. I or wonder if it happened, happened different because there's cops yeah. up here. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. dicks If it was a different cop or if it was like in a place a little more upstate where we're a little less frequent. Yeah, a little a little uh, more rural. Yeah. What we're used to. I, I feel like. See, and I tell my or friends anywhere in Jersey. My friends think I yeah <laughs> anywhere in Jersey. That's happened to me there too. I had a I had a friend. I have a few friends, and they think I'm joking when I say this. I say, look, I don't like being in any place where I'm the only black person, or there's like three or four of us. They're like, "Why are you tripping?" I'm like, "Nah, man. If something go down, I already know who the blame is coming yeah, to, yeah. and everybody's gonna assign blame. Everybody's gonna say, "Yeah, it was them." I just I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I, I went to a, a, a an event the other day. These people are very, very liberal, liberal, liberal white people. They probably think they're revolutionary in their mind. Uh, so that's fine. But I still felt uncomfortable. It was just like me and somebody else, the only black folks there. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't feel comfortable like this, man. I don't feel comfortable being so outnumbered because I just always feel like just. If it comes down to the come down, black yeah, folks stand get it. out. Yeah, we we stand out. We gonna get the blame. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like 
in a situation like that y'all were in, if it was a situation where, let's say y'all didn't have a mixed group and it was just all, even even if it was all black kids and this one, the guy was white, the guy with the car, yeah, one white guy, like the cop would have probably looked at it like this white guy is outnumbered. I'm gonna help him out. Mm. But at the same time, I think, like if I think about it, that might have been what didn't get us arrested is that there was black and white guy. Oh yeah, I'm pretty. That's what I'm saying. Mm. The fact that you had a mixed group. Yeah. And a lot of times, what ends up happening is that cop might have been thinking about the future of that whatever white kid was in your crew. Like it ain't worth having this on your situation. Mm. I mean. If it, you weren't in here, I, I might have applied it to everyone else. I don't think that's so conscious. It might be more subconscious. No, but definitely subconscious, yeah. though. But I've heard, I've heard and I have officers who are friends that tell me how white officers act in white communities. I mean, I've yeah. had white officers tell me. Yeah. They'll say when they know somebody in their community is brought to the office. Let's say I'm a white officer. I walk into the police station and I see my neighbor's son in there. And I'm like, yo. What you doing in here? Mm. I got pulled over. I did da, 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 da. I'm gonna go go to the officer who pulled him over. Say, look, yo, I, I can know vouch him. For this guy. I know him. Yeah. I know his parents. Yeah. Like, let me handle it. I'm gonna scare him. Tell him don't come down here no more. Mm. But nothing to go in your wreck. Like I've had white officers tell me that's what they do often. Mm. Mm. And whenever they need, whether it be quotas or to make it look like they've done some work or they're doing some work, they overemphasize it in the black community. That's where they try to get all their quotas met, really, because in white communities, they're not they're not they're not trying to get their own children caught up like that. And when they do get caught up, they see them in the, you know, in the room waiting or whatever while the process is. Let me go talk to the officer that did that. Okay, we got it. We gonna call your mom like you in trouble. You about Hmm. about to get screamed on. But you you ain't gonna have something. Yeah, you ain't gonna have nothing on your record. And they do that. They do that. So. Man, I'm oh, I didn't know I'll that until today. I don't I'll tell you that. what. One of the one of the first um negative reactions I had to to law enforcement was very early. Uh I was still living in Queens at the time. Um I think it was I think I might have been like ten. Yeah, nine to ten you years moved old. Up here. Yeah. Like, and oh, wow. it was a older brother of one of my sister's friends. Mm. And their parents, the dad was a cop, mm. and you know, it was a it was a black, it was a black family. I believe the the I know the dad was black. I'm pretty sure the uh, mom was black as well, or she might have been Spanish. But the dad was moving work through his older brother mm-hmm. in the high school, mm-hmm. and that's the first time that I was like, wait. This cop is breaking the law, mm. like you know what I. And it, it was a disconnect. Yeah, and yeah. I, it just I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then put the kids into it. Yeah. So, you know, I I I I like when I think about what is possible. You know, because we grow up, and when when you grow up in the suburban area, right? You you're taught what everybody else is taught. The cop is on your side. The cop is there to protect you. The cop is there to to help you out in a situation that you need help. So that is your expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the good guy. Yeah. Um, and then when you experience something different than that narrative or you hear stories about a cop pushing weight through his son in a high school, mm. it goes against that narrative. And you're like, how do I reconcile that this 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 person who's supposed to be of authority uh, uh, is doing something uh, as heinous as this, but I've been taught that this is the person I'm supposed to go to when I'm in trouble and I need help. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's incongruent. You can't. There's no way to like and have both of those live in the same place at the same time. And then when you need help, that's the dude. That that's shows the dude you supposed that, that shows, shows up. up. On the scene. Yes, and, and you looking you at him like, oh, and that's why you give up. And that's why you know. So so the. That's the reason why the skepticism in there. So, so it may not be that the the vast majority of the police officers exhibit these behaviors or tendencies, but the ones that do do it often enough that you have to question every single interaction that you have with them mm-hmm. because you don't know again which one you're going to get and what mood they're going to be in when you get them. 
Yeah, man. And I think that's just a sad state to be in. And then again, bringing it back to the situations we were discussing before, like as shocked as I mean, these are both shocking stories. These are stories that upset you. Like we all have a uh, personal experiences where we like we could have been in a situation that went like that. Yeah. Wait, are cops jobs like when they do for um like healthcare? Do you have a certain amount of days on, certain amount of days off, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Right. I mean, but they they can do overtime too. Yeah. I do. I know a lot of cops make a lot of their money by doing overtime. overtime yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what what their schedule yeah. is. That's good. That can't be good. Yeah. Um. Wow, man. So, I, I, I'm on, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know where 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 do we go from here. Almost, I guess. That's I always guess it. A sounds question. like organized self self defense or self. Uh, I don't know if you can. I don't know why wouldn't we. I mean, I know. See, I, I've had this debate with a a lawyer friend of mine, who I just think is very. I won't say pacifist, but well, would not close. pull up the arms and defend just well a blanket lawyer always feels like they'll have their day in court blanket violence is not the answer. you know the whole generic violence is never the answer ne- and i was trying to make the point like i'm not saying i'm not talking about provocative violence mm-hmm. i'm talking about self-defense mm-hmm. right if, if 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 i get smacked in the face not even just once let's say i've been smacked in the face over and over again and then finally i I smack you back to stop you from smacking me in my face. Am I the one that's violent or am I responding to a violent, provocative, violent act? Right. I just feel like a lot of the black community and sometimes I feel like the black bourgeoisie, the middle class, the the academic, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The academic, intellectual, scholar, whatever. Um, they push this particular narrative. Right. That that that, you know. Violence is never the answer, which is, I think, problematic because I don't look at uh, I think there needs to be a distinction between self-defense, violence and self-defense and violence. That's, you know, when you're provoking it. Right. But that narrative seems to be permeated throughout. That's what's pushed societal society and society that's pushed in the black community. I think it's pushed when we start talking about the civil rights movement. Right. We we highlight how much. Dr. King uh, espouse espouse the nonviolence, right? And we will even say like Gandhi, he learned it from Gandhi or he was influenced by Gandhi, but nobody would point to the fact that like Gandhi was like, chill, this is just a tactic. Mm -hmm. Like Gandhi was like, really my nonviolent boycott was basically an economic boycott of Britain. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't necessarily saying he wouldn't resort to self-defense if they were getting cracked over their head like that, right? right? Uh, but Dr. King, I think one of the differences was he was trying to promote it as a way of life, which I think a lot of black people have problems with it. But they did, in them using it as a tactic versus him promoting it as a way of life, they found some kind of common ground to get some stuff done. But there was a, plenty of black folks who did not adhere to that. But I think because of the narrative that's always pushed mainstream, a lot of us in the black community and and I'm saying the bourgeoisie, I hang out with them, but not because I'm bougie. When I said the bourgeoisie, like the academics, the, the intellectuals, like I hang out and they, they try to intellectualize Mm. this, this concept of self-defense. And it's a problem. It's a problem because there's a lot of us that still look at even a a self-defense, violent self-defense as that's, that's just so problematic. We got to find another way. I don't even think it needs to go as far as actual self-defense. I think it needs to go as far as there is a large percentage of minorities and black people who are arming themselves in their home legally. And now our tactics have to be different because our encounter may be different, Mm -hmm. right? It's a, it's a, it's a tactic uh, on how to avoid getting into these situations in the first place, because now they have to approach you a little bit differently. They can't just bust in without the expectation that there is going to be something in return. If there's an organized one, if there's an organized, organized one, yeah, yeah, right? Because definitely. if it's organized and yes. it's out in the public, right, and 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 it's publicized that this is happening, mm-hmm. then everybody knows that this is what's going on, and so you can't just think that there's going to be no resistance to something that may be 
done illegally, you may. So now the policies have to reflect how do you approach the situation because the reality is different. You know, black people by and large are now owning more firearms in their house. So now we have to approach them differently. You know, in the open carry states, these guys are open doing the open carry legally. They got their permits. How do we approach this differently? And and again, like you said, if it's open out there, no, hey, we know that this particular city has an organized gun club. Yeah. And they they they're committed. That gun club has to be committed on some level to say, hey, you know, we patrol our our community as well. We we make sure our communities falls in line with these community standards as well. That but sounds tougher. It does sound tougher, but I'm I think that that's no, I don't think they should because there's no other community that does. Well, you have the NRA, right? But not everybody who owns a gun is part of the NRA, oh, no, and right. and they're sure. well within their rights to own a gun. So I don't think we have to police. And, 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 and make sure that they follow yeah. these guidelines. Well, I think mm-hmm. that y- you should know how to, if you're going to and you feel comfortable owning and purchasing a gun, then you should know how to use it. You should know how to store it. You should know all the safety stuff that goes bound. But there should, Maybe doesn't they can necessarily. Help with that part of it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, 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 I'm, not, I mean. I'm not saying they ha- they're obligated. I'm saying not that they have to police the community. I'm mm-hmm. saying when you look at black gun clubs that exist now, the one in, uh, that stood by Aubrey's house. Um, and I, I haven't I don't know if the one that happened in um, Michigan was a gun club or just brothers who had guns. That Militia should go. type thing. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm like, for instance, the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. I know part of being in that organization is to protect the community, to monitor the community. And when they say protect the community, that means not just from police, but also from activity that might be detrimental to the overall community as well. Mm-hmm. That their their stance is we are protecting the community. So that might mean, in theory, citizens uh, arrest. Uh, yeah, that might be a citizen who they feel is violating community standards. Right. Just like yeah, that's what I mean. Pl- oh, they yeah. Understand yeah, that, yeah. that was part. Of, oh, so, okay. sorry, I may I not have you. articulated that, but oh, no. w- but that's part of the conversation. Yes. Any force that's going to come against you has this knowledge now that there's going to be an opposite reckoning force right, right. that's possible because they're coming. So so whether it's somebody who's coming to rob your house mm-hmm. or if you know something along those lines that they also are in the know that they're. This this community got exactly yeah, got is, is is got some stuff. Yeah, got some folks who are willing to say, "Nah, we we're going to protect it. ourselves yes. and 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 do it, uh, you know, in a legal way." Uh-huh. Uh, and and uh, you know, as is our rights as given by the Constitution. We do it legally because we're saying we're not we're not hiding. This is what we're supposed to have the rights to do. And now we're just going to. And I just feel like that's that's where we are as a community now. Like I just don't want to get to a point where Aubrey. Uh, Ahmad Aubrey is my family member. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like Aubrey could have been Ahmad Aubrey could have been any one of us. Brianna Taylor could have been any one of us. Yeah. Kenny Kenneth Walker could have been any one of us. Yeah. And it's and wh- when I say any one of us, like I'm saying with a higher percentage, a very much higher percentage of it being us because we're black. I'm saying we're black. Like we could have been in positions like that we very easily. We I go been. yeah, and I jog regularly, uh, and I'm like, yo, like like I jog today, and I got lost in my jog, mm. right now the community I live in in the area I live in I don't think it's pretty mixed, but this particular area where I was lost at you know I was thinking I don't know what the makeup is, but I know me trying to figure out where I was going I didn't pass a couple of these houses two or three times mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Where am I at? Because mm. I, I I I changed my jogging route this morning. Mm. It yeah. wasn't my normal route. Yeah. But I'm like, oh shoot! I I turned in here thinking it was this place and this is not. And I'm like, where am I at? You get turned and, around. Yeah, I got turned around. And mm. I know I passed some houses a couple of times, two or three times. Yeah. And I was just saying, what if somebody like those guys uh, who stopped? Suspicious. Yeah, brother Aubrey was like, brother, uh, yeah, Mount Aubrey. Hey, we see we've had some uh, uh, break-ins around the area, and we just see this guy running. Like somebody could have said, hey, this guy had ran up and down this block two or three times. Mm-hmm. Come on. He ain't jogging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying, man, we at a point now where I think I I know I'm at a point now where I'm always suspicious of all police. Uh, even and I'm even like my thing is if there, if the, if a majority of the police department, I hate when they say this, you know, most, it's not all the police. It's just some. And I'm just like, well, Too bad apples. Yeah. But I'm like, well, they forget the rest of that saying. Spoil the bunch. Spoil the bunch, because I'm like, yo, well, if they're all not like that, why aren't the good ones speaking up and being like, yo, this is messed up? This is not. 
I don't hear it. I don't hear their voices. If if the majority of the police are good officers, how come I don't hear your voice now when we have situations like this? I don't hear. Where are the good cops in the Breonna Taylor situation? Where are the good cops right now? Where What are they saying? There just needs to be accountability. I don't think people would even be as far gone as they are now and as upset as they are now. If there was just accountability, you did something wrong. That cost a, 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 a woman her life. And now not even her. You might be also ruining, most likely ruining the life of Kenny, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Why is he still being held? Yeah. Where's the accountability? Mm. Mm. And I, I think that's the issue. They, when I say they, the power structure, the police departments don't think we are worth that accountability. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that had this been white folks who got killed had it been a white community whose house was uh mistakenly entered there would have been something done just like that man just months, like that months later they probably would have had people fired already had aubrey been a white guy in a black community jogging and somebody thought that hey this white guy looks suspicious we seen him in and out and he got shot mm-mm mm-mm now they arrested these guys, but I'm saying these guys was walking free for like two, three months. No, and they denied bond on these guys. But again, this only happened because of the societal pressure, the social pressure that activists put on this system. Because the the the, the law enforcement said they cool, leave them alone. That was their stance before all this went public. One recused himself, like you said. Yeah. But the other one was like, oh, based on what we see and what we, they're good. Yeah kidding me yeah i I think i mean we can't do anything about those kind of situations that's just going to be a long-term change in mentality because that was citizen on citizen and they felt that they had the right to do something like that i don't know about citizens arrest i don't think there should be anything named citizens arrest then you you have to be a certain level to understand what's going on yeah take yeah and take those actions yeah yes 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 and chain of custody and all of that stuff you can there should be no such thing as citizens arrest you see something happen get the authorities involved let them investigate that's their job that's what they've been trained to do that's that's what they're paid to do Bounty hunters go after criminals. Yeah, citizens, private but, citizens going there. Yeah, but there is a a little bit of a difference between a bounty hunter and a regular citizen. Right. I mean, in this case, this guy was a former police officer. He was a former investigator for the DA's office. So it, whatever. But and he thought he was doing. He was still on the job. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was doing what a what a good officer would do because I'm on duty twenty four hours. No. No. So even after my retirement or whatever happened. So, I mean, listen, you your badge is gone because you retired. You no longer have the authority to do anything like that. You think something's going down. You call the authorities. But the bad part is they called 911 or hold on. Did they call so him? Or did the, the guy he's like him? he's like trying to relive his glory days as a cop in retirement. Yo, it's people white folks. I hate to keep saying that, man. I love all my white listeners out there. All right. Now, I still think that <laughs> I think the backlash that when we have conversations like this that we get is that they feel we generalize. And and what we don't, I think, do a good job is talking about how we don't think it's all of them. We don't think it's everyone, but it happens in enough times where it's a pattern and a problem. Yeah. My thing is. Show me it's not everyone then. Yeah, situation. I can't, to, I can't go there with you. No, I'm just saying. If, if 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 it's not everyone, what are you saying right now about this situation? What if you are an ally and you, if you're a white ally, where are my white allies speaking out right now? What are you doing, my friends uh, on Facebook? My white friends on Facebook. Y'all see my posts. Y'all know who I am. Y'all see what I post. I don't. I can name a couple, right? But most most of my white friends don't. They don't ever repost nothing when I talk about stuff like this. They're not reposting. They're not, they're not commenting. They're not saying nothing. Well, there's backlash that they would get, right? No. Like my like the post. I'm a I don't want to say her name, but I gotta we gotta uh, there's a friend of ours in high school. She posts. Now I don't always agree with her hundred percent, but when when I when I when I say some stuff about that is injustice, a lot of injustice and racism, she's a white she's a white girl that she white woman she she be like i i see 
I got it. Mm. I feel you. And mm. she'll she'll share a post every now and again. Mm. She'll make a comment now and again. And I'm like, well, if you an ally, that's what you're supposed to do. If you an ally, don't be out here like, it's not all of us. Well, okay, show me it's not all of us. If it's not all of you. And I'm and I'm not maybe it's not all of you, but my thing is it's not on me to make you feel good that it's not you. It's not on me to do that. Yeah. Because guess what? Slavery it was all of us there's there's a certain degree that people can be removed from a situation if it's not affecting you you're less likely to yeah. put your yeah. neck out effort into for it, it. Yeah. but why is it not affecting them is my point because i mean there's hundreds of reasons but most usually it's because it's not it's white type in this form. community it's they, they, yeah they're, right, they're isolated from yeah, it. they don't see it but but if I, they know, I think it's a different level. I think it's, you do see it, but you can't call it out every time. Yeah, I don't want to say they don't see it. I didn't mean to say they don't see right. it. They don't say right. it is what I meant to say. But mm-hmm. I was passionate. I, I but yeah, they don't say nothing. But my thing is, if I'm your friend, and you see I'm hurting about some, you you are never gonna comment on it. You you don't come on, man. And and some of the times I don't, you know, y'all everybody know me by now to the point where I probably make y'all sick with how much I do <laughs> race analysis. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> hey man, if you want if you want me to be an ally and like I'll be an ally, I'll be an ally if I think something's wrong, I'm gonna be an ally. I've gotten my I have been comfortable speaking out on things where I know the masses may not like it to the point where I'll even if hey, if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. If you are dealing with something and I think it's wrong, I'll I'll be an ally. I'll I'll try to be an ally. But see Black people, as a people, suffered from enslavement. We suffer from racism. So, and white people benefit. Now, are you going to say every white person doesn't benefit? I would argue that every white person, to some degree, benefits from white privilege. That's like saying we as men, we we live in a patriarchal society. Are we going to say not every man benefits from it? No, every man does benefit from male privilege in our society. Maybe it varies for different degrees, but we all benefit from it. Yeah. So. My, acknowledge it and start to work yeah, for, yeah. for equality. So my thing is, like, if you're an ally, like, don't make it on me to have to say, well, you know, it's not all white people. I'm past that at this point. I'm like, oh, well, if it ain't you, then show me it ain't you. Hmm. Right? Because if, if if you're not going to show me it ain't you, then then it's you. I might lump. Yeah, I'm going to lump you <laughs> in. You. I'm going to lump you in. And I just, and when you said that, the reason why I got passion is because I know a lot of times what I think what holds black people back it's we're worried about what white folks think about us. Mm. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying. Mm. But I know there's a lot of times where we like, because we don't want to be as bad as they were. Mm. Right? We know white folks did some crazy things. And we don't want white folks to think, for instance, we don't want them to think we want some kind of power so we can do to them what they did to us. Mm. Right? I hear that rationale. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, we, because we don't want to be associated with that type of evil and we're not and we want to try to convince them so bad that we're not trying to just mimic the evil that you did that sometimes it affects and impacts what we have to do because we're sitting back wondering how they feel about it i think that i think they have also run those social um experience no like when um if somebody who is in a position of power has the roles reversed they find out that when people who have been in power are put into the uh, subservient role that they're less likely to um, impose what has been imposed on them. Yeah. Mm. Because it's just they have a more part empathy. of humanity. Yeah, they have more empathy. Yeah, that might be true. But I've always argued. I think it's because we've become so individualized that we take offense to anything that's levied our way Mm -hmm. individually and somebody would say no i would never do that Mm -hmm. and don't really think about the communal impacts that it has have had over time and is still currently having given the situations that we've discussed so we are no longer a cohesive group where we're you know a part of this whole and if somebody else is slighted, they're in my tribe because we're a part of the community. It's that everybody's so individualized, they take it as a personal slight right. when somebody says something. So they become defensive immediately and say, I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to get caught up in the negative aspects of it. So, you know, I'm going to kind of be a little bit more meek and, and stand back away and stand, you know, step away from that confrontation mm-hmm. because it's not really di- directly affecting me or somebody who's in my tribe. 
because we are no longer in that community-based system that we used to have. I think back during the civil rights time, it was more communal, and that's why there we were allies yeah, yeah, I feel like that were visible. Yeah. And 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 and, ha- and you know we're saying took the risk and they took the risk. Yes, we don't have that now, and right. that's why people are not willing to take that risk. And I think on the opposite side of that, because of what I think we talked about this a little bit some time ago about cancel culture, is that they're gonna oh, get yeah. canceled out from whatever other benefits mm-hmm. that they're receiving by not saying and standing up and saying and right. being part of that. Mm-hmm. I just think like liberation and freedom and justice, all that you you gotta if you want those things, you gotta you gotta be willing to take some risks. Yeah. You know, I know I put myself at risk for cancel culture a lot of times with yeah. some of these folks, but that that's the risk that you gotta take. And 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 like you said, the individualism, people like to personalize. I've never done that. Yes. I would never do it. Yes. Well, even when I say the white community, you know I'm talking about a community. Yeah. If I say the white power structure, I'm talking about a power structure, right? I'm talking about a I'm talking about a communal uh, uh, thing. I'm not talking about individuals, right? You know, overall, my high school was a beautiful experience. Yeah. I ain't like everybody in high school, but if I was to speak in general, I'm like, yo, I loved high school, man. Yeah. It was a cool experience, you yeah. know. What I mean? So, yeah, but we. One of the things I'm most I'm more conflicted with is if, uh, it seems to be a country for everybody until it comes to down to us, and I feel like if you have that sort of mentality, this this country by its own nature should flush you out mm. if ill's virtues were true. Mm. If you're always into mm. justice, yes. and, then yes. it shouldn't matter, right? Yes. You either reform or you're no longer a part of this right. thing that we're trying to do. And then, so then, like, that should be your own bargaining chip. Yeah. Like, are you in or are you out? Yeah. What but, are you doing? But here's the root of the problem, though, right? What we found out is that it's easy to preach one thing. I mean, it's easy to preach it, but it's not easy to practice it. Mm. And and when it comes down to it, you see who it's being practiced to. And when, so it speaks to the level of sincerity. And, and I always get to that. I was like, America says a lot of stuff that sounds good. And I think one other podcast, I was talking about the, the American Dilemma, right? That book by the, the mm. Swedish sociologist, right? Mm. That is the, the, the dilemma for America is that she can sound real good. Yeah. But when you got to put that into practice... You you soon you'll discover that, dang, some of that stuff was not supposed to be for everybody. Yeah. Because the way systems were created, they didn't want it for everybody. Yeah. I mean, how can you? I mean, it, the most simple example is how can you have, uh, a, a constitution that says every man is free, right? When every man is certainly not free. In the same constitution, you've what you're going to count three to three fifths. Three fifths. Like, but okay. And then here's the last thing I want to say about. This point, not the, you know, the civil rights movement, I think it would benefit us as a people, as a nation, if some of, if, if we begin to learn it outside of the perspective of the South. Mm. Because when you look at it from the perspective of the South, where Dr. King organized, the South had some unique laws about the South, right? Jim Crow wasn't all throughout America, but it was prevalent in the South, mm-hmm. where they were just very open with their racism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I think they were so open with it, right? I'm gonna put a law that says white, white fountain, colored fountain that mm-hmm. existed in the South because the South did that, and maybe some pockets everywhere else. But most of the nation didn't have Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. But because we tell the civil rights movement from the perspective of what happened in the South, where eventually this very overt system, right, through demonstrations or whatever, becomes uh, at least in the law as as far as the law is concerned racism is stricken out after the voting rights act it's presented as if this as if it's this victorious movement mm. but if you told the civil rights movement from the perspective of the northeast mm-hmm. the midwest mm-hmm. the west coast mm-hmm. These were places that were talking about residential segregation, segregation of the schools, right. no political or economic power right. in your own communities. Right. Then when you tell the narrative of the civil rights movement from that perspective, guess what? It looks very stagnant. Nope. It's still happening. There, there's no progress nope. to speak of. Yep. And you'll say voting rights. Yep. And you'll say, mm-hmm. We're still dealing with these issues today. Yep. Yeah. And what you'll is- and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, maybe this civil rights movement was not as victorious or as we thought, but we tell it specifically yeah. from a point of view. Yeah. One of the people that I think um, has has verbalized it 
in one of the best ways is uh joe madison he has a serious uh satellite channel mm-hmm. but uh it'll say that what what it's called is it's the sophisticated cousin of jim crow mm. it's called james crow esquire mm. and it and they come at you mm. in in a different different level mm-hmm. same way mm-hmm. say or just as hard as mm-hmm. you know um pre-civil pre-civil rights movements mm-hmm. but just it's not just, just not as raw it's just refined no. but it's like schools are still as segregated in 2020 as they were in the 1960s yeah. if you look at the nation as a whole yeah Right. But we learn about in the civil rights movement, the 1954 Brown versus Board of Education, mm. where school, you know, racial segregation in the schools is outlawed. And we'll think, federally, it was. Outlawed. Yeah. Federally. It's like yeah. indoctrination. Right, but you'll learn a, like, well, yeah, it's not that. how it actually is. But right. It's like, yo, right. It's, it's like, oh, we won. So let's go back to doing the same exact thing that we were doing before. And, and most yeah. most places in the United States did not have racially segregated schools because of Jim Crow. Like in the South, they said these schools were for white kids, these schools are for black. They didn't do that in other places. They were more sophisticated. They just said black folks are only going to live live here here, and white folks are only going to live here. Therefore, these schools will be second. And that still exists today. That still exists today. But I think, you know, man, I'm glad I had this conversation with y'all. I think that like I I had to release and just really put out there in the atmosphere that I really hope justice is served in the Breonna Taylor case. Yes. And justice is served in the Ahmaud Arbery case. And I just thought we, you know, as three kings, we had to make mention of that, man. We had to say something yeah. about it. You know, we weren't even going to talk about this. That's right. That you wasn't, know? that was not the plan, but we just flowed and we kept going. And it, it was, it was on the mind and on the heart. So yeah. we had to talk about it. And, yeah. and, you know, there are injustices that are out there that are happening to black folk and we need to be cognizant that it's continuing to happen. Well, as you said, not, you know, in some respects, not a lot of things have changed. Right. And we need to open our eyes to these things in order to be able to change them. You know, that said, you know, I don't want to end on this, but we do have some house cleaning that we need to do too. Yeah, we could talk about it. We, we, we definitely should talk about it. But, you know, uh, there, these particular cases are egregious and heinous mm-hmm. and they need to be dealt with swiftly and with, with the justice that we say we espouse as a nation. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Can't be just us, right? It's got to be justice. Justice, not just us. Mm. Mm. So for those of y'all who might want to, you know, email us some questions, maybe you want to share a point of view, let us know how you felt about this particular episode. Uh, Where can they get a hold of us at, y'all? Three Kings at threekingstalk.com. We're also on Instagram. Mm. Three Kings. What is this on Instagram? Three Kings Talk or is it? Yeah, Three Kings Talk on Instagram. You can email us three kings at three kings Man, give us a comment, send a voicemail, or something. You can do that in email, right? Send yeah, uh, I think so. We yeah, got the man. technology. Because maybe we we'll can build fi- them. Uh, maybe we'll find a way to play your question on the episode. I don't know. I might be speaking out of turn, but I'm just thinking of maybe those are things we could do. But yeah, reach out to us, man. Let us know how you feel. We thank y'all who are supporting us and riding with us and rocking with us. We appreciate the support. Every time, yes, definitely. Yeah, man. Until next time. Yo, love you, brothers. Peace, Justice, King. Justice, not just us. Peace, King. Peace, King. <laughs>